0: Rub it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2311. Today it's about asphalt assault. You'll understand what I mean in just a minute. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars
1: Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is
0: here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm in the East Coast, Livingston, New Jersey, with a very special guest by the name of Patrick McKay. Patrick, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Sure am. Well, have some fun, lay some stripes down, because your life is all about very cool cars, and we're going to learn about that in just a moment. But before we begin, I always ask my guests this question. What's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Patrick?
1: I've got a huge soft spot. For animals.
0: Oh, well, that's <laughs> really cool. really big soft spot. Well, that's cool.
1: I've rescued a few animals, and it's uh, kind of life-changing.
0: Very cool. Well, animals are wonderful, and I, I, I do believe they are life-changing. So let me introduce you here. Patrick McKay is the founder of Asphalt Assault, a magazine. It's a publication designed to allow automotive enthusiasts to share their passion with each other and that is more than just your average car magazine. Asphalt Assault is an attempt at a cross-culture intermixing enthusiast and a broadening of everyone's perspective in the automotive hobby. Very inclusive. Over the years, uh, while freelancing for other magazines and honing his writing skills, Patrick published three magazines that have all been received with great success. He's been involved with photography for over 25 years with a special passion, of course, for automotive themes. We'll learn more about Asphalt Assault in just a moment and patrick but first a word from our sponsors so give them a little listen and we'll be right back years ago when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy my carrier's rates went up Nine three two four, And protect the ones you love, like I did, with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective linkage is about driving restoring collecting and first-hand experience at collector car auctions and more they bring you real world values plus rational experienced opinions on the current markets they cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions and linkage magazine has grown mailing you six issues annually join me on this journey with linkage they're geared for the automotive life you can subscribe at linkagemag.com so, Patrick, we are back. Before we talk about this magazine, Asphalt Assault, I want to learn more about your past and what you've been doing because I know you're really into photography. You love to write, and all of these uh, uh, skills and passions of yours have come together in not only this magazine, but some others that you've published. So, give us a little history lesson before we dive into what you're doing today.
1: Yeah, I kind of uh, I got into photography years ago and I actually uh, caught an image and submitted to a local newspaper and they told me that you know you go to school we'll give you a job and so i went to school and i didn't move back to the area cuz i went to the school it was a little further out it was about eh, 50 60 miles away and i was living up in that area when i finally did move back down there I went back to talk to them and they're like yeah we don't have a spot for you which sucked but still it was um, at least i did get to go to school You know, I picked up on some things that I normally probably wouldn't have known about, you know, and back then it was all film. (laughs) I say back then. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was all film. So you think so you had to uh, really think about what you were doing and how you compose things, what your settings were going to be, what your exposure, you know, what your depth of field was going to be before you even took the picture, because it was getting it's kind of expensive when you use film. Oh, yeah. You know, unlike unlike today where you can just take that whip out your cell phone, whip out a digital camera, you can rattle off a thousand pictures and, oh, that one one out of that whole group looks great. I'm going to use that. Yeah. You know, so, so that's that's what kind of got me into it, was doing that. And then uh, while I was still in school, I got involved with the local racetrack in Spanaway.
0: Just down the road from where I live.
1: Yeah. Just shooting shooting at Spanaway Speedway. It no longer exists. Right. Was out there. I was doing photography out there for a lot of the different groups of uh, racers. And then uh, just kind of went on my way and, and kind of had to put photography on the back burner for a little bit, but never stopped doing it. You know, did other things to make ends meet along the way and um, took up little uh, little gigs, you know, as far as freelance work here and there. You know, got involved with, uh, thanks to a friend of mine. His name's Chris Mull goes by Billy Bob. He's actually from the Aberdeen area. He now lives in Idaho. We still stay in contact with each other. He kind of reignited it for me, you know, because he was in the uh, mini truck scene and he had a really killer truck that was actually on the feature of Mini Truck and Magazine. He kind of got me back into it and and talked me through a couple things. He gave me a really good piece of advice one day. We were kind of at the I think the Seattle Roaster Show or the Portland Roaster Show. Seattle is going way back because they don't have those anymore. I was going to
0: say, when was that? Yeah, I've been here 30 plus years and I don't remember those shows.
1: Yeah, and uh, that was back in like 2000, 2001 or something like that. And um, we're walking through there and I'm kind of poking fun at this car. It's a lowrider because of the murals that were on it were kind of contradictory. You know, it had like the the naked women on it and had the Virgin Mary on it. I was kind of like. You know, kind of ragging on a little bit and he, he just looked at me and he said, you know, he goes, if you wanna make it, you wanna get in this field, you've gotta look at everything for what it is. He goes, is that how it's supposed to be built? Is that mini truck supposed to be built like that? Is that low rider, low rider style? Is that hot rod? Is it fit the era? Whatever it is, look at it for what it is. And that changed everything for me. Because then I started looking at everything for what it was and how it was built, and that gave me a different perspective on on them, you know, so I can look at any car out there. I look at it for what it is and how cool it is, you know, right. not for that's not my thing. I don't want anything to do with it. That's 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 a mini or That's a low rider. That's a hot rod or or whatever. You know, I, I, I'm only into this and that's it. And it kind of opened up my eyes a little bit. And, and after that, I just started to go a little bit further on.
0: I think it's a really cool discussion because I've had a lot of guests on the show that have expressed the same kinds of things. We t- we tend to, as car people, and I, I'm just speaking for myself right now, get into one path, one thing that we kind of like. Mm-hmm. And then we start to stick with it. We get more involved with it. We learn a lot more about it. And as a result, perhaps we're not as accepting of other types of things. We'll say cars and things like that. Mm-hmm. But when you stop and do what your friend suggested and what you're doing now, and we'll get into this in a second with your approach with uh, your magazine, and you just look at the vehicle for what it is, the craftsmanship, the paint job, whatever it might be, it opens up your world to... All sorts of things that you never imagined, and then you get the fun of meeting the owner, and you realize, okay, we might have different tastes, but we're the same. You know, I mean, we love yep. the same things. If it rolls on rubber, we love it, and it might not be our style or our liking. However, uh, you can you can appreciate what it took to create it. Is is that the approach exactly. that you take?
1: It's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah, I think it's too. So, so asphalt assault magazine. My understanding is your attempt, and this is a very new new publication, is to be that kind of guy to bring together the all these different looks and feels, so it's not just pigeonholed into one thing. Am I am I explaining it right?
1: Yes, yes, you are. I, I joke around about it, you know, and it's you know, I do have. It's basically is, it's a mission statement for the magazine, and that what we just talked about was to bring people together from different scenes or even different cultures and bring them all together and let them see what other people are doing. You know, from the low riders, the mini trucks evolved from that, you know, because everybody started lowering their mini trucks. And from there, it just it evolved to where that's at. And then you look at it, some of the show cars that are out there, they've pulled off the air ride suspension and the, and the different types of four links and other stuff and some of the the shaving and and, and the modifying stuff everybody's kind of taking a little bit from everybody else and that's what's cool so with that being said what everybody's been doing it's like well why don't you just bring everybody together
0: I think it's a good thing. And obviously, you know, the world seems to get more and more divisive as we move through, especially with social media. And I think it's all a big demented plan of of many organizations is to divide (laughs) all of us. You know, we won't go into that too deep because it gets so controversial. But I would agree. And cars and coffee events, to me, are a great example of that because they've been a great way to bring people together, and you get to meet people that are interested in things that maybe you haven't been, and you never know. Once you start to see something different, you might go, well, maybe I should think about that a little bit. That might be a fun thing to delve into. Maybe you've never been a hot rod mm-hmm. guy, but you go, you know what? Might be kind of cool. Maybe I'll learn more about those and do more of those events. And who knows, you may end up in a hot rod someday. So as we get into your magazine's mission statement and what you're doing, how what are your plans or how do you plan on achieving this mission? Is it primarily by presenting different types of vehicles and rides to people so that they're since it's asphalt assault, And assault is a, is a could be a challenging word. But So they're assaulted by a lot of different things. I mean, they're, these things are presented in front of them. So they might go, oh, wow, look what's, what, look what's in here this month. I didn't expect that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's actually as funny as that the name is, uh, as I mentioned, my friend Chris earlier, they had put on a show with his old mini truck club that doesn't exist anymore. They had a show that was called Asphalt Assault.
0: Oh, an actual car show.
1: An actual car show that he had that they had put on it was called Asphalt Assault. And I asked him if I could you'd go ahead and take the name and use it. And he said, By all means. Oh, cool. Go ahead. So that's where I got kinda of got the name from. Rash says that's where I got the name from was from from the because I saw it on one of their trophies. And I was like, that'd be cool. It's not so much to assault anybody's senses of what's there. It's the magazine is like my text sheets. I was told by another uh, another magazine editor he said that my tech sheet is probably one of the best ones he's ever seen.
0: Now explain what you mean by that, your tech sheet.
1: My tech sheet is something I send out to people who I do features on okay. for their cars. And what it, it does it's it's huge, it's like 18 pages. And every everything on there's already listed. Everything I could think of at the time is listed on this. And it breaks everything down from engine, suspension, air ride, paint, wraps, Whatever, you know, modifications to the body, tires, wheels, transmission, performance. And one of the more important things that I have on there is one of my questions, which is why and what's the importance of the build to you? It's to be more personal. It's to bring the person into the vehicle or bring the vehicle into that person and share it both. Instead of just saying, oh, here's this car. This is what's done to it. And then you have a little thing down the side of it that says, "Oh engine transmission, blah 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 and so forth. This is all tried to be weaved through the entire story of who they used, their friends that were involved and it's it's, it's more of a story than it is of anything else, you know, but it tells you about the, the, the car and the person
0: I think it's a great approach because whenever there's any division between thoughts or processes. If you just stop and ask questions of people, why did you make that decision? Why are you doing this versus judging? you know. Uh, and then you listen mm-hmm. to how they answer. Uh, that's how we learn a lot about other people. And you never know what you yes. might learn and what might instill some kind of a, a, a little bit of a flame inside of you that you go, oh, okay, that's something kind of different. And, uh, and you never yeah. know where it's going to go. You know, I, I like to ask about inspiring people and this friend of yours that uh gave you a very i think an eye-opening approach when you made that comments about that lowrider car and you know you made a judgment call on what mm-hmm. you saw but he gave you a different perspective would you say he's been as it com as it relates to your magazine the most influential person or inspiring person for you
1: yeah because he's known i've wanted to do this for years when i've talked with him about this doing this clear back and like 2001 2002 over 20 years ago i was talking to him about you know maybe i should do my own magazine at that time it was a little bit a lot harder to get into it you know because you didn't have the ability for large files being sent via email you didn't have all the printers that you have out there now that you can work with and even so the way my magazine's designed i have to find a certain printer who can print it because everybody's gone to single page uh, Mine's not a single page. Mine's a printer's spread.
0: Oh, okay. And Old so, school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah,
1: like I said, like I said, the more, like I said, the most important question I have is why did you choose this vehicle, and what is the significance behind the build? Out of everything in the whole thing, that's the most important part of the whole tech sheet.
0: My next question was going to be about challenges. You know, magazines um, have had a lot of challenges of late because of this uh, massive influx of internet and so forth. When you think about the magazine business as you're just getting into it, what do you see as your biggest challenge making this this empire work?
1: Getting it out there. You know, is it's promoting it. You know, I do have I do promote it a lot on my Facebook business page. I do have my website, but it's the promoting part of it. And um, it's not so much as the printing part of it, because, like I said, I well, that was I was in a full panic attack here about four weeks ago when I went to go get the latest issue printed, because my printer that had printed my previous issues no longer took them in the way that I sent them into them before. They didn't take a printer spread; they only took a single page. And so I found another printer that said they would take a look at it, and they told me she told me to give her a couple days. And she called me back in like half an hour to an hour later says, yeah, I can do this. So I use them now. And they—they we, they, we've actually talked about something and they gave me a suggestion. And like when I think I was talking with uh, uh, Tom, no, him and a couple other people I've talked to said that the quality of the magazine, because I use the heaviest paper I can print on, it's more like a coffee table book than it is a magazine. Right. So now i'm just got done sending the printers an updated file on a new format for the magazine instead of being a stack of posters that you take the magazine apart and hang posters up and stuff cuz everything's two sided and it's weird to look at but it's once you take it apart everything makes sense we're probably going to go the next stage of the magazine the its evolution is to be a full 11 by 17. Oh, wow. Book. Yeah. Not really a book, but a big magazine. So there's be no folds, you know, everything will be able to read it without any issues and you'll still be able to take it apart and hang it up on the wall, frame it. But, um, yeah, as far as, you know, anything that was difficult and challenges with the magazine at the beginning, it was, um, I said, finding a printer who would do it this way.
0: Very di- different approach. Yeah. It's, it's a different approach.
1: So now this is actually a little bit of an easier approach to do it, but, you know, I had to go back through and redo everything last night after I sent them to a, them, the layout, and they sent me back where the spiral bound would be at, and they said, go ahead and widen it to 17 and a half. Oh, gosh. And I said, okay. <laughs> and I said, okay, so I had to redo everything, and I have to alternate the layout the whole way through because there's a one side and there's a back side the front side and the back side all the way through so you have to alternate the layout
0: sure Wow. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of adjustments. You know, I'm seeing this this trend has happened with a lot of publications as magazine subscriptions decline and people had to rethink about how do we still entice people that want to turn pages and look at something they hold in their hand. Linkage who's an advertiser here is a good example of that. There's some magazines over in uh, the UK that are published that way. Triple Zero, the Porsche publication, it's done here that have become these coffee table crankshaft. Um, a lot of different approach, but that's the evolution of how people perceive and, and want to have their publication and their information. So it's a di- it's a different world and having to be flexible and adjust and then you add the printer, concept in there of having to work with their formats. Yes.
1: I was looking at machines. (laughs) Yeah, I understand.
0: I worked in a catalog business for 20 plus years and we were putting out 17 catalogs a year. So dealing with uh, printers and uh, material and then, of course, dealing with the post office and writing very big checks to the post office. In our case, it was every 15 to 20 days uh, we were writing checks to the post office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a challenge.
1: We had actually done... I was shooting some stuff for a magazine and we're doing a, we're gonna do a thing on how to do patina paint. And while we were doing this, I got all the pictures done, the trucks were shot, and we're gonna get ready to do detail work and, and Chris is gonna write up the article for it and how to and the how to the how-to, and we get the call that the magazine had folded. It shut down. This is Mini Truck and Magazine. It had been around forever. Oh, sure. Yeah. And they stopped printing it. And then it wasn't just them that they had, they had axed a whole bunch of magazines overnight. Oh, yeah. And that was a huge kind of a little bit of a scare. And I even had an editor of another magazine. He says, You want to do print in this day and age? He goes, What are you, insane? But most car people that I know, whether they're in the bathroom <laughs> or in the garage, <laughs> want something in their hands
0: sure yeah
1: you know they want to see something they want to look at something you know they want something tangible
0: no i understand it's a and it's also an evolutionary thing or i should say a generational thing i used to have uh probably 40 plus magazine subscriptions and they're all stacked up on my desk and i remember my kids this was probably even as much as 10 years ago He said why do you get all those magazines You just get all this stuff online. You don't have to have magazines. And, you know, I thought about that a little bit. Uh, But even myself, nowadays, there's probably only five that I subscribe to. Many have have just disappeared. They've just gone away. Uh, They don't exist anymore. So I've kind of narrowed the focus for what I do. But I'm also of your generation. So different mindset. So the approach is how do you appeal to those younger people that are interested in cars and so forth? As you said, the challenge is letting people know you exist and, and getting out there. You know, I want to talk a little bit about your passion for cars. Yeah. Is there a special vehicle that you've had in your life that stands out that you could share a story about?
1: <laughs> Actually, yeah, I've I've had the same truck, not the exact same truck, but the same style of truck a couple of times. I had a little 71, 72, um, the 72 and a half, they changed the body style. So I just call them a 71. But it's little dots on the 521 pickup. Okay. And I had that when I was in high school. Uh, my dad had purchased a couple of them. Both have been sideswiped by logging trucks. This in you know, the northwest and the valley. You know, there's logging trucks around. They had been sideswiped by uh, logging trucks on opposite sides. So I bought them from my dad and built one truck from two trucks. Oh, wow. That was why I was still in high school. And then after I graduated high school, I was over in eastern Washington above Spokane on one of the back dirt roads, and I was going around it. And there's a whole bunch of dust in front of me, so I probably should have been going slower than what I was. But as I came around a the turn, there was a car backing up in the middle of the road. Uh-oh. So it was, so it was either big rock and bitch or a big tree or him. Unfortunately, he's the one that got hit, and it pretty much totaled the truck. And it took me a number of years before I finally got another one. And um, I had bought various different vehicles in the meantime. I picked up another one back in like 20, uh, 2015 or something like that. I had plans for it. It was actually a rendering in the last issue of the magazine. I have some friends of mine out in uh, Silverton, Oregon, that own a company, uh shop called Don Solo Customs, and it's Donnie and Sarah that that have the shop. And Donnie's a a great metal guy. The guy's just a a genius. I mean, he's like I, you know, Bob Grant is the metal guy when it comes to these custom trucks. And they're they're good friends, and they travel. You know, Donnie travels down to Bob's place and stuff. And they're they're pretty much in my mind. They're equal to each other. And Donnie's worked in hot rod shops, and he opened up his own shop, so he has my truck. It's in storage because I ended up with COVID, had to pull a truck out of there. Hopefully within the next year, I'll be able to get it back in the shop. But it's been on my mind since the early 2000s to have this truck built. And we're going to take this little 521 Dotson pickup, and he's already got the cab work done. It's now a crew cab, which they didn't make. Well, they did make them. They've never imported the U.S. This is a little bit different. The doors are a little bit bigger. The cab's a little bit bigger. And it's also going to be a long bed, a dually, This would be a one ton dually with a a 5.6 V8 out of a Titan.
0: Oh goodness.
1: (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's a huge project. It's, it's my, been my pet for many, many years. Finally was able to get in the shop and unfortunately I ended up getting COVID. And so we had to pull it out and get the money coming back up again so I can get it back in there. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my, uh, that's my, probably my dream vehicle.
0: Wow. I remember when those first started showing up in the U.S., and my dad had a 76 uh, Dotson pickup, mm-hmm. uh, I remember. And, of course, in the world of U.S. big, giant trucks, those were like, interesting. Uh, what are these little trucks doing all over the place? Uh, but they yeah. became so popular. Had a friend in high school that had one. So, uh, well, I can't wait to see that project when it's done. And I'm sure you're feeling the same way, these long projects. Yeah, it's, it's still going to be a few more years.
1: I know that. It's, just, it's a lot of work.
0: Sure, absolutely. Oh. So I'm going to be a bit of a car psychologist here and crawl into your head a little bit. If you were reincarnated as a vehicle, what would you be and why?
1: <laughs> Probably a rat rod.
0: A rat rod, okay. And why is that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty rough looking on the outside. Oh, I wouldn't say that on the inside. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know, you have that hot rod look about you, I have to say. For you listeners uh, listening, as a podcast are, you can go to uh, Patrick's show notes page and uh, see a picture picture of Patrick there. So you can see, okay, this guy looks like an old school hot rod kind of guy. Yeah. But I can tell you you're not a rough guy, if you will. Uh, I have some sensitivities and passion for what you're doing. So, okay, a rat rod kind of makes sense. So, yeah, you, you <laughs> went the right direction. You know, how about great... Uh, reading great books. We love books here. Is there a particular book you'd like to share with us?
1: Unfortunately, I really don't read a whole lot of other stuff, mainly because I'm just I'm busy trying to write. Sure. And photography is my first passion, and learning things is another one of mine. I, I I've always got to be learning something new. And writing was never really my forte, but it's um, something I've had to force myself to learn. So. Most of my reading is rereading everything that I write <laughs> to make sure that it makes sense. Sure. But, it's, you know, like there's a book that's out there that I've been kind of following along on a, on a podcast, and it's, uh, it's really good. So it's um, How to Not F Up Your Business.
0: <laughs> well, that sounds like Thomas Noltsville's book. To me, right? It is. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I want to do a shout out to Tom. He's been a guest on the show. Very professional business guy who's helped a lot of companies. You can go back and listen to my talk with Tom. I've known him for years because he started the Exotics at Redmond Town Center, which is a massive cars and coffee here. In the Pacific Northwest. Right. And that that's where I met him. Oh, okay. That's where you guys met. Cool. Well, yeah, it's a great book. And I'll put a link to that book on Patrick's show notes page and again you can go back and listen to my talk about Tom. Very interesting. You know, if he did Tom just wrote a great piece that he put out there in um Social media about the big uh, bungle. I guess you could say that Bud Light has done uh, with their their concepts and of what good marketing is, or in their case, mm-hmm. turned out not to be. But he did a very thoughtful approach on the CEO's reaction to that, which was. A non reaction, really. It was a silly thing. But uh, you can go back and read that. I'll put a link to that as well. But Tom is a great guy and very, very knowledgeable when it comes to business. So he's a good friend to have in your court when it comes to business. And he's yes. the reason that we're talking today. So before I let you go, I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive, which means I'm going to park any car in the world in your driveway. You can take it anywhere in the world and you can be with anybody, even somebody from the past who's no longer with us, which kind of opens up the uh, opportunities here for interesting discussion. Even if you mm-hmm. want me to finish your truck for you, pay for the whole deal so you can take it for a drive, <laughs> hey, I'm that kind of a guy. I'll do that for you. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you?
1: Well, it's, it's actually another thing that I've had on the back burner. I had actually um, wanted to do this back in 2015. I had a wagon that I was building at the time. And unfortunately, the rust that was in it was so extensive that I had to walk away from it. And, you know, one of these days I'll, I'll get the, get it built up again. What kind of wagon? It was a 1966 country sedan, a Ford country sedan, basically a Galaxy station wagon. I was going to had all rendering for it and everything done to it. It was going to be like the factory burnt ember glow poly, which is that dark burnt orange color that Ford had back in the 60s. It was a metallic and a, friend of mine is really good at doing, like, wood grain. So we're going to do, like, dark cherry wood flames down the whole side of it. Oh, wow. And wood grain. A little knot holes in the fire coming out of it and stuff like that. You know, and uh, a, a, a nice coyote motor just for some reliability. And like I said, unfortunately, the rust on it was so bad. When I finally got the tailgate open. I went and I looked, and I went and looked underneath the, the roof line of it. I was able to pick the entire roof up off the car oh, no. all the way to the front doors.
0: Yeah, sometimes I you like, have you to know <laughs> you have to know when to walk away, you know? That one was, <laughs> I
1: hated walking away from it. I didn't walk away from it, but I it was just for my for my own sanity at that time because it was supposed to be kind of a budget build and <laughs> we're
0: looking at You should know Patrick there's no budget bills. <laughs> those don't exist. No, there's not. No. And, no, no, and I see what you're doing to me here. Since I offer to pay for this, now this has become my <laughs> headache uh to get this done. But no, it sounds like a great thing. And yeah, that's the challenge with many of those old cars uh, back in the day is, is rust, rust, rust. And there is a point where you have to kind of go. I had a friend with a, um, he had a, a A guy I worked with, actually, a love for the P1800 Volvos, and every one he found, he would show up, and the joke was that when he drove away, he left more of the car sitting there than when he pulled up in it, because it was literally (laughs) pieces falling off of the bottom of that car, so uh, yeah, you got to be careful what you... Careful what you wish for, unless Mark's paying for it, then it doesn't matter. So that sounds like yeah, a, yeah. a fun deal. You've taken us on a fun yeah. ride today, Patrick, and I'm really appreciative that uh, Tom put us together today. Before I let you go, could you share maybe some words of inspiration or wisdom with us when it comes to what you do in life? It's
1: basically is never give up on your dream. Yeah. You, know, you may face hurdles along the way, and I have faced quite a few hurdles in my personal life. And that have, uh, I said, slowed me down and getting me to where I'm at now. But it's, like I said, you know, I've got good friends that have always kind of pushed me along, that have believed in me. Uh, I probably said my friend Chris, um, Tom. Uh, I got a friend of mine out here. His name is uh, Wong Gonzalez. He's known as Munch. He's, he's an awesome airbrush guy, you know, because he's out here near me. His... No matter how much stress he's under, he's got this amazing zest for life <laughs> and for family and friends. It's infectious. And, um, and he's a, those, are, those are the kind of people you want around you as the ones that are going to give you that support and are going to give you that inspiration, that zest for life, and are going to give you some business sense. Or you can you know say, hey, I got a question. What do you think about this? You know, those are the kind of people to surround yourself with. And, and and it's kind of a, I don't know, a cliche saying, but, you know, the smaller your circle, the, the tighter the knit of the friends that you have or people that you have, the more reliable they're going to be. I and mean, those will be the ones that are going to be there for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mom was always right. Surround yourself with with great friends and as my mom always told me, pick friends that are smarter than you uh because they will push you along and you will uh strive to be where they are in life. So uh yeah, definitely uh, never give up on your dreams and surround yourself with the great people. How can people learn more about Asphalt Assault?
1: <laughs> <laughs> asphalt Assault you can find us on Facebook. I have a business page there. I also have a presence on Instagram for um asphalt underscore assault and then you can also go to the website which is asphalt hyphen assault dot com. I'm still working on that, getting it updated because um like I said i had kind of been sitting on my laurels for a little bit while doing some other stuff. Now the magazine's uh is uh I don't know, it just seems like it's the right time to bring it out. There's just always a timing for everything where you know so so like I said, I've got this other one that's out right now. I'll be putting up some ordering stuff so you can order magazines on there. I'm also working with a printer down in Tennessee or a T-shirt guy down in Tennessee that's called uh, Graphic Disorder. <laughs> Brand, Brand's been around forever. matter of fact, he's, he's, he sent, I, mean, I talked to him about taking the cover vehicles and turning them into T-shirts. Oh, cool. And he's already told me his uh the artwork is six months out. Wow. He's okay. he's that busy. Yeah. He's that busy. He's got that good of quality that, you know, he's the one guy that, you know, I wouldn't go to anybody else. I mean, he's I, I just know he's that good. I've been to his shop. I've seen what they do. I've met the people. I've met him. I've met his his fiance. You know, they're awesome people. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's how they can find me.
0: Okay, well, I'll make sure I put links to all of these on Patrick's show notes page. You can find that on the Cars yeah website. And again, a shout out to our mutual friend, Tom Nalt. Patrick, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing this new venture that you're doing. Best wishes with all of it. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road or probably at a car show somewhere. All right. Thanks again. You're welcome. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe. That the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, and their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM of Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors, and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles, skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.